In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Lee Flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. The national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake From. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at From Jake. Puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Jake, it's Wednesday night. I texted you earlier today. I said, hey, man, if you're up for it, let's record a little bit later tonight. We'll watch this Braves game. Um, And we fired this up about halfway through the eighth inning. It's not pretty for the Atlanta Braves right now. They're about to be closed. That's 10 to 2 on the top of the ninth. But you know what? They live to see a game four. So see what happens on Thursday night. How are you, man? Hey, man, doing good. Anything can happen with playoff baseball. Hope the Braves can find some pitching here soon. Um, but, man, hoping the Braves win, hoping the Commanders win come this Sunday. Yeah, Commanders heading back, or you're heading back to Atlanta. The Commanders are taking on the Falcons Sunday afternoon, so it'll welcome home party for Jake Fromm. That will be a lot of fun. I do have to say one thing, though, about this Braves game. Bryce Harper goes yard twice. Uh, by all accounts, he has an amazing game. If you watched game two of this series, which everybody did, the amazing play by Michael Harris, they turned two the first time ever on that combination in MLB postseason history, which is insane. One of the greatest postseason plays in Major League Baseball history. Seriously, that's Braves bias aside. Bryce Harper was getting crushed in the Philadelphia media scene for rounding second, bad base running. You know, he could have stayed on first. They would have had a chance to win the game. That is how you respond to people <laughs> – Talking about poor performance. I mean, the dude goes yard twice, takes over the baseball game. He is like an assassin, especially to the Atlanta Braves specifically, even going back to his Washington national days. That dude is a baller, and he's been like that since day one. No, man, great player. Just unbelievable power that he has hitting a baseball. Um, Had to switch positions, you know, from the outfield to first base with the arm injury and everything. Uh, Man, just a great baseball player. He's just found a way to get it done, and he always seems like he – turns it up a notch when he does play the Atlanta Braves. 
Hopefully the Braves can find a way to get it done in game four, bring it home to game five, which I think would be Saturday night in Atlanta. So that would be electric. Of course, the dogs play at noon. So that could be a full Georgia sports day leading you right into Sunday when the commanders come to town. And if they do make it to game five or even for game four, fire up your prize picks app and make it a profitable viewing experience. Download the prize picks app, go to prizepicks.com. If you use the promo code punt, you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. You know it by now. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy game on the market. All you have to do is pick two to six players. They're going to go more or less in their Prize Picks projection, and you can win up to 25x your money. There is no place better, and they have cross-board entries. There'll be some Thursday night football on tomorrow, so you can throw some Braves players, some Phillies players, some football players. NHL is back. Prize Picks is the absolute best. Tell a family member, tell a friend, tell a stranger walking down the sidewalk. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100 DB3 piece. Coming up a little bit later. I got a good one. I got a great one. So I'm fired up for that. All right, let's kick off this episode. It's Thursday. We're going three and out the top three news and storylines across the world of college football to get you ready for week seven. First down, Mark Stoops, Kentucky head coach. He was on his Kentucky Collins show on Monday night. We went over his post-game press conference on Monday's show, how he said there's no excuse. They got outclassed in every area of the game. Georgia, of course, dominated, undefeated, and then 20th-ranked Kentucky 51-13 to last Saturday night. However, on his Collins show, Jake, he starts this comment by saying, I'm not one to make excuses, and then goes on a gigantic excuse rant About NIL, effectively, and how fans don't want to hear it, but he was saying you need to donate more, meaning to their NIL collective, I would assume, because people can buy players right now and, quote, Georgia bought some pretty good players, I can guarantee you that, end quote. It's just kind of a weird timing statement. I have a statistic that I have to bring up to you, which is just absolutely insane. But in this day and age of college sports, Jake, where things are changing day by day, to maybe use this as an excuse as to why you're not winning after you got beat by nearly 40 points, I feel like it's a little short-sighted. And quite frankly, it's just a terrible look no matter which way you take it. I'm not one to make excuses but yeah, it's usually, usually not a great way to start. Um, you know, but I do think there's a little bit of truth on both sides of the spectrum. Like I, I think that uh, obviously in the world of NIL, if you can spend a lot of money, you're going to have a chance to have a good program. Uh, one with, uh, with players too, the way it works uh, with your facilities, with your food, your practice, the way you travel, all the things that go into that. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're a coach, you got to find a way to win with what you got. Um, and then they, they've made some, some transfers. They got a, you know, new quarterback, Devin O'Leary, you know, all like you, you put some pieces together. Um, and I can't wait for you to get to the stat later because it's going to kind of ring <laughs> true to, to a lot of this, but you have to win some games you're supposed to win. Not that they're supposed to win that game, but man, at least fight, make it close and, uh, at least, 
put out there that you have a good product and got some good coachable guys who are willing to fight for you. Yeah, and you know, I would say on the whole, Kentucky, obviously, with their basketball program, is not hurting from an NIL fundraising perspective. Now, I do completely believe that NIL payments to student athletes are completely overblown and exaggerated. I'll just tell you that from 100% experience. Look, I've been in the NIL industry for the past three years. I'm reading this from the ESPN article. Quote, I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players, Stoops said Monday in response to an upset fan on his weekly radio show. Quote, you're allowed to these days, and we could use some help. That's what they look like. You know what I mean? When you have 85 of them, I encourage anybody that's disgruntled to pony up some more. Okay, here's what I have to say. First off, if you think Georgia recruits on NIL, That's just simply not the case. I don't necessarily think any university across the country puts NIL front and center. Now, do some student athletes want NIL to be the main reason why they go to a specific university? Of course they do. But what do you think Kirby Smart or what do you think Nick Saban or even what do you think Josh Heupel or Sam Pittman or Brian Kelly are telling prospective student athletes? Look at our university. Look at our history. Look at our facilities. Look at the coaches we have. Look at the development we have, the track record, the weight room, the train. All that stuff encompasses why a student athlete would want to go to a specific university. That has not changed. And then the NIL in specific cases can be the cherry on the top. Coach Smart was asked about this in his press conference, obviously, and he had a great reaction. Kirby Smart said, quote, no reaction. It's much to do about nothing. I think Mark is trying to garner interest for money from his fan base, for his collective, and we're all trying to do the same in terms of trying to get money for the collective. Mark and I talked about NIL pregame, and we talked about it in our meeting. I'm not biting on that, end quote. Perfect response by Kirby Smart, okay? The NIL conversation in a situation like this, why you're losing games, is overblown. You could win a lot more games. And then you can incentivize student athletes to come to Kentucky and be a part of something new. And why I say you can win a lot more games is because this statistic that I'm about to read to you, Jake, came out after the reaction from Coach Mark Stoops saying we need fans to donate more. This statistic came out, and it's essentially mind-blowing. Mark Stoops has been the head coach at Kentucky since 2014. Since 2014. Stoops has two total wins over teams that finished their season with a winning SEC record. Allow me to repeat that. Since 2014, Kentucky, coached by Mark Stoops, have two, count them, one, two total wins over SEC teams that finished the season with a winning SEC record in 2017 they beat South Carolina South Carolina finished five and three in the conference and in 2018 they beat Florida Florida finished five and three in the Southeastern Conference that's it that is mind-blowing for all the love that Mark Stoops gets for the job he's done at Kentucky nine win season here ten win season there Will Levis is a second-round draft pick at quarterback. Benny Snell was once compared to Herschel Walker 
you know, they, they would get a little juice going later on in the season yep. to have two total wins since 2014 over SEC teams that finished the season with a winning SEC record. That is mind-blowing. Fans won't want to donate to a cause like that. I'm just saying. That is just incredible, mind-blowing at the same time. I mean, and we're talking Florida and and South Carolina. I mean, they had five and three records. Yeah. Like, not, not you know, every now and then you, you, you slip up and you beat somebody you're not supposed to. I mean, I mean, arguably, like, those were even games, like 50-50 games that could have gone either way. So, man, that is uh, – like, does it matter? I, I don't know. But – I think it's uh go ahead. I think it's fascinating the correlation between the sustained success that Mark Stoops has been uh, awarded with the perception from the public with right like oh yeah he's built a consistent program. I think it's amazing that something like that has gone under the radar. For example, 2021 Kentucky finished 5 and 3 in the SEC. Pretty good, right? Who they beat? Missouri 3 and 5, South Carolina 3 and 5. Florida two and six, LSU three and five, Vanderbilt zero and eight. Now you can't control who else you play, yeah. But what it's saying is you gotta beat a good team every once in a while. Yeah. Two total wins against SEC teams with a winning SEC record since 2014. Jake, you sneezed and did that in your freshman year at Georgia. I mean, this is crazy. I think a statistic like that gets exacerbated. After Mark Stoops says a comment, like he said, and unfortunately, you know, you got to pay the piper at some point. Yeah, uh, look, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I think I go back to 2018 when they were a good team. I believe they only had one loss at the time when we played them kind of mid late in the year, maybe week seven, eight or nine. Uh, and that was supposed to be a, a really big uh, football game. Um, you 2018, know, you said? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Um, you know, that was supposed to be a big, big game. And, and we went up there and, and took care of business. I think it was like 30 something to 13. Yeah. Um, you gotta, not that they're going to beat us, but you got to find a way to beat a good team. So it's kind of, that's all I got to say about that. Stoops attempted to clarify his comments Wednesday saying he loves Kentucky fans and quote, my comment was taken completely out of context. That's what I tell my wife very often when she gets <laughs> mad at me about things that I know I said I shouldn't have said. So there you go, Coach Stoops. I just, I, you know, I, as much as I think it's ridiculous what Stoops said, um, I think Kirby Smart had a great response to it. So yeah, no, I think so too. On that. Hey, I, I, uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent here. We can okay? do that. But we're talking about NIL. Okay, you're in uh we're in fantasy land here. Okay. Uh Drew Butler has a uh, young son. Uh let's just say he plays quarterback. Okay. Okay. And you're you're walking into those head coaches meetings during recruiting visits. What are the three things that DB wants to hear from the head coach about why your son, your fantasy yeah. son, should go to that program? You know, my first thing would be it, 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 this is a great question. That's obviously hypothetical. If my son's a five-star, right, yep. if, if if everything's looking great, I think first and foremost, it would be program to personnel fit. Like that would be my first. Yep. Hey, are you going to okay. fit in this offense? Do you jive well with the coaches? Do you yep. like him? Have you guys built a great relationship? That would be first and foremost for me. This is a great question because I have three daughters. Second, 
would be development. I want to see a track record of development. Have you been putting guys into the NFL? Have those yep. guys stuck around in the NFL? Do NFL coaches hang around your program or guy? Just that general feeling of if you're here, you have a direct path to the next level. Um, and then third, man, you're at you're putting me on the spot here. I don't uh, know. Okay. Like facilities yeah. would be great for me. Yeah. Like like, okay. like game day atmosphere, the whole yeah. college vibe, like. As a former student athlete, like looking back, I say this often, if I'm ever on a panel or if I talk to a parent or if I'm talking to a high schooler, I always tell them the day you leave college, you will start missing it. And, and now yes. I'm 34 with three kids washed up in every which way possible. Uh, and I just sit down sometimes or even if I go back to Georgia and I get to hang around Buttsmere or go to practice or walk through the facility and see what they have now. I'm like, damn, I yeah. miss this so much. So I would just say the total encapsulation of the university from an academic standpoint, the facilities, what's the training table like? What's the weight room like? Is the strength coach cool? Like all of that, the academic staff, which is so important, that whole support staff, like that, that whole encapsulation would be my third piece. You know, the NIL stuff, like I, I'm a firm believer, and I think this comes from having played Jake, and and you know it better than anybody. If you perform, that will take care of itself. It, it's just as simple as that. If you perform, yeah. if you're a good person, those things will take care of itself. So first for me would be personnel program fit, second, development and track record, and third, just the encapsulation of the university as a whole. Yeah, I think that's some good stuff. I, I like what you meant. I like what you said about kind of like the whole overall fit. Because in, in a in a weird way, like we get raised by those people. Hundred like percent. It's a it's a learning experience for everybody. You know who the nutritionist is, who the the training room staff are, your coaches, obviously, who your teammates are. Like, dude, those oh man, be your, huge. Those be your those can be your best friends for life, and. I, you know, in a, you just grow a lot during those years. And I, to me, I think that is a lot, a big time thing that should go into that kind of decision. I know like me and you both know what it used to be when you go in that room, it used to be, Hey, you can get a good degree here. It's going to mean a lot. Uh, our atmosphere here, everybody loves the, the university. Um, and then two, we put guys in, into the NFL. That's what it yeah. used to be. And then now some of the stories I'm hearing about like what those conversations are is I know, is, dude. It's playing time. It's yeah. How how much how much you got for me? Yeah. How much money you got for me? And then basically everything after that is, I mean, I don't know because like those two things just encompass a lot of that meeting time, and that's what recruits and and families, parents of recruits, like, like they want to hear. You know, like Coach Saban came out the other week and said he's been hearing about, or or somebody said they've been hearing about recruits demanding money to go on visits like that wow. is insane wow. and, and and then some people are like well that's always been happening i never heard of it i never saw literal payments just to come on a visit i mean if i was a coach and i heard that i'd be like dude you're out of your damn mind no like no clearly your motives are wrong if that's the situation that you're taking and to your point jake like while you're in it Right. Like as you're on the tail end of your career, you start to understand 
what it means to be at that specific university. You're going to meet some really influential business people who love their university and want to hang out around the football team. You're going to be able to understand the business corporation ties that your university has and where former football players or golfers are working and just that whole kind of, um, you know, it's like the Linden tree. That the Linden tree. That, it's just yeah. that, it's just that, that underneath network of roots that a specific university can provide to a student athlete. And that's what's really important as you start to grow up. Yeah, I agree totally, especially being on the recent outside of events, you know, looking back, like, man, I, I'm thankful for the relationships that I made. They allow me to to go back, train, hang out, and and still get to to see people. My fingerprint still works sometimes at the building. So that's there always you nice. You know, yeah, but absolutely. Uh, I think the relationships go a long way. I think I, I think that word we're searching for, culture, is part of it. Um, but I don't know. Just thought it was a good topic of conversation while we were on that. Sorry to get on that tangent. No, that's great. Appreciate you but, put me on the spot there. It's awesome. But uh, yeah, I like to keep you on your toes every once in a while. Hey, you did that perfectly. Good stuff. Um, that might have been our best first down of this season of <laughs> the past. So I appreciate that. All right, let's go to second down. This one can be quick. It's being reported that Travis Hunter might be back on Friday night for Colorado. They take on Stanford. So, you know, I'll be locked into that game Friday night. How much a difference do you think he'll make? I mean, obviously Colorado kind of go went through the meat grinder of their schedule. Stanford's not good at all. Colorado beat Arizona state last week to get back in the win column. Um, is a guy like that, somebody who just brings that level of juice to the team where everybody can elevate their playing ability. Um, obviously he's coming back from a pretty serious injury, but you would have to think that Shador is going to be targeting him and it takes some pressure off the other wide receivers on that offense. I'll just be interested to see, like, is this dude the game changer that he seemed to be through the first couple of weeks of the season? Uh, but I do want to give him some grace coming back from an injury. I would say everything that I've seen up until this point says that, yes, this guy is that kind of guy. This guy is for real. I mean, even Dion says it all the time that this guy is a, a incredible generational talent kind of player. Um, so even if he's not making the same caliber of plays in his first game back, still beat up a little bit, I think just his presence in the locker room, out on the field, the other guys, uh, he'll be able to influence those guys uh, in a very positive way and, and a little bit more belief on that sideline, I think. Um, and then if he does turn around and make a play, man, everybody's going to get hyped. Everybody's going to feed off that energy and they'll be ready to go. Yeah. I just, I, I, I love this storyline because everybody was talking about Colorado for great reason early on in the season. And it was much to do with Travis Hunter, not coming off the field, oh. playing both ways, former five-star went to Jackson state, followed Dion to Colorado. Uh, and he was off to the races. You know, he is one of the most well-known players in the country. I would think yep. I'd put him in the top 10 for sure. So to yep. see him come back would be simply awesome. Keep in mind, Colorado four and two through six games, their season win total was three and a half. I'll continue to say it. Unbelievable job by Dion. I expect them to get another dub this weekend, hosting Stanford 10 PM on Friday night, heading to third down. This one made me double take. And I sent you the link Baylor's, athletic director okay baylor their athletic director quote expects changes our offense has to fit our personnel better i've just never seen an athletic director come out and talk about personnel talk about coaching talk about scheme out loud during the middle of a season this is what 
Athletic Director Mac Rhodes said, quote, I can assure you that Coach Aranda and I have spent several conversations, minutes, hours, talking about how our offense and talking about how it needs to change, how it needs to be tweaked. This is the athletic director speaking publicly about how he's meeting with his head coach and how their offense needs to be tweaked to match up with their personnel. To me, I think that is a terrible, terrible overreach on behalf of the athletic director. I've never heard of this before. I wish I had a prop with me. I'd be be waving a red flag. Oh my god! Screen. I uh, yeah, not not a huge fan of this, um, especially from the coach's perspective. Obviously, <laughs> like you know, you don't you don't want someone to, like everybody is already doing it. Everybody's got a magne- magnifying glass over your program. What's going on? The media has their two cents. Fans have their two cents. I mean, sometimes your players mess up and and say their two cents when they're not supposed to. Um, everybody's got two cents. I think the last the last person who needs to throw his two cents in would be the athletic director who ultimately holds their jobs in the palm of his hand. So I'm not a huge fan of this. Let what what will be will be. Uh, I, I mean, if you're having close door conversations with the head coach, sure, that's one thing for sure. Not, you know, what you guys talk about, uh, what we you know, that's that's y'all talk about whatever, yeah, whatever. you guys do I, that behind closed doors, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think to to come out publicly like this is is a uh, it's a bad move, in my honest opinion. Well, it gets better because here's another one of his quotes quote, probably where our personnel is right now, it needs to fit our personnel better. We've had those very honest and direct and candid conversations, end quote. When asked if he would potentially dictate who called plays for the Bears, Rhodes answered, quote, I never have in the past. So he's sitting there getting questioned, like, would you make the call to your head coach and say, so-and-so needs to be the play caller? Here is what we need to do to fix what's going on with our offense. People, that is wild. I've never, ever heard of that. An athletic director openly talking about the candid conversations he's had with his head coach on how to fix their offensive issues. We need better personnel. We need to match our play calling with our personnel. Jake, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, this is uh new for me as well. Um, you know, play calling is a, is a hot topic. I would say, especially at the NFL level, who's calling plays. It, it really influences the jobs they get in the future. If, if they, if an owner or a GM thinks that that person's very solid at calling plays, uh, but this is new territory for me. Uh, oh, buddy! Not, I, I, I that's it's really out of the blue. I, I honestly don't know how to respond because I've just never come upon a, a situation like this. Yeah, uh, that is an interesting situation for sure. If I was Dave Aranda, head coach at Baylor, and reading that article, I'd be like, hmm, I'm not sure if I like our dirty laundry being aired out for all the yeah. public to read. Maybe maybe hold a few more words back that next conversation you have behind closed doors with your athletic director. Especially for the players to sit there and read that too. Cause Absolutely. Because now they're going in the meetings hey, what the heck is going on? Like the season's already not going the way they want it to go. And then you add this into it. Uh, it's a lot of pointing fingers. It's a lot of chaos that doesn't need to happen. It's time for them to come together, figure some stuff out um, and really dig deep. But this is not 
helping in my opinion. Yeah, they need to figure that out. No question about it. You know what else needs to be figured out? Some coach. The DB3 piece. All right. Mm-hmm. This is like a career weekend for me. I've got to bring it home for our listeners. Look, we filmed last week early because you had a Thursday night game. I gave out the three piece on my social media. I was like, people trust me. And to my surprise, I was getting a lot of messages on social media. Where's the three piece? Where's the three piece? I'm tailing it this weekend. You've got us, Drew. We trust in you. And I was like, thank you for that trust. Unfortunately, it did not come through. Two out of three hit. That was a loser unless you flexed it, which you can on prize picks. Uh, you know, I, I would just tell you, flex it, okay? Less payout when it hits all three, but still, you're winning money. The DB3 piece this weekend is like a stamp your career on it, make it happen for the people type weekend. And I've got it right here. All you need to do is download the prize picks app, type in the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Prize picks, the best daily fantasy game on the market. You know this by now. You locked in, buddy? You ready for the week I'm seven DB3 piece? We're doing a Saturday night special, okay? We're going straight to that 7.30 p.m. game on NBC, one of college football's most classic rivalries, Southern Cal at Notre Dame. We're starting with Southern Cal wide receiver Taj Washington. Yes, he is Caleb Williams' favorite target. If USC has any hope to win this game, Caleb Williams is going to have to go crazy, and they're going to have to put a ton of points up on the board. Taj Washington will have more than 54 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Taj Washington, USC receiver, more than 54 and a half receiving yards. Caleb Williams will get his. On the other side, Notre Dame's offense has a great opportunity. USC's defense is atrocious. They're horrible. The weather forecast is looking pretty dicey this weekend. Maybe cold, maybe a little wet. Could be potential for some ground game efforts from Notre Dame. Audric Estime. Notre Dame running back more than 87 and a half rushing yards. And to bring it over the top, Sam Hartman, you got to air it out a little bit, right? Because you're going to get in a shootout. I think Estime gets his, maybe breaks a long run. He'll get over 87 and a half rushing yards. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame quarterback, more than 263 and a half passing yards. That's it. It's the Saturday night DB3P special career weekend. Sam Hartman, Notre Dame quarterback, more than 263 and a half passing yards. Taj Washington, USC wide receiver, more than 54 and a half receiving yards. And Audric Estime, Notre Dame running back, more than 87 and a half rushing yards. It's the DB3 piece. It's week seven. It's hitting. Go to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, 100% deposit match up to your first $100. You like that? You picking up on like that? Down? You like that? I like that. That's All good right. stuff right there. I love it. Okay, let's go inside the five. Got some good games this weekend. We'll start at noon. We'll stick with the dogs. Number one, Georgia heading up to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. CBS doubleheader this weekend, a 12 and a 330 game. This game's at noon on CBS. Georgia, a 31 and a half point favorite. The total is 56 points. And I'll kick things off with this crazy stat that I got from my Phil Steele Bible. Man, what you got for me? In 2020, the COVID year, Vanderbilt canceled their game on Georgia twice. If you remember, they canceled it during the middle of the season. And then late during a makeup week, they canceled it again and said, we don't have enough players. We can't do it. So Georgia finished one game short on the season. This upset the fans and the administration. Since the cancellation, Vanderbilt has been outscored 117 to zero in their last two games against Georgia. 
No way. 117 to zero in their last two games against Georgia since Man. the cancellation. CB coming in hot tonight with the stat book. Shout out Phil Steele. 62 to nothing in 2021, 55 to nothing in 2022. That, my friends, is getting your ass beat. Wow. Uh, noon game. Nashville, of, 11 a.m. local kick. Coming off a, uh, a big game. I've, I've been there for one of those. That is oh, a, too, uh, dude. That's oh. a that that's a strength staff banging on all the doors. <laughs> oh, yeah. At like 6:30, wake up. It's time to go. Um yeah, man, what a what a fun experience uh, that is. But no, nah, I think the dogs stay hot. I think the dogs stay rolling. Um they need it. I think they need to put two good performances on tape. I hear it every single day at work. Put consistent behavior on tape. Yes. That's what that's what we want the dogs to do. And uh, I think they do that. I think they stay rolling. And just for the for the sake of the stat, I hope Fandy does not score a single point. Yeah, that would be really impressive if Georgia shut out yeah. the same opponent three years in a row. Under Clark Lee, Vanderbilt is eight and oh, oh excuse me, zero and eight straight up, and one and seven against the spread versus ranked opponents. Their average loss is by forty point six points per game. So they have not wow. been playing well. Against ranked teams. opponents under Clark Lee, their head coach. I would lay the 31 and a half here with Georgia. To your point, what Georgia did from a mental standpoint for that team, for that coaching staff, for the vibe in the building last week against Kentucky to tell them that's what it takes. That's what a complete game is for us. That is the ability, the standard that we have set moving forward. And yeah, the approach is different when you go in to play Vanderbilt at 11 a.m. local. Yes, of course, Jake, you're totally right. Banging on the doors for wake-up calls, screaming at you at breakfast, trying to get that, you know, it is fake juice at that point in the locker room pregame. Everybody's got to go. But the opportunity that you have and that the starters know they have both on offense and defense is, hey, let's go out there. Let's dominate for two quarters. Get up 34 nothing at half or whatever it might be. We'll go one drive in the third quarter. Then we're done. Then we have a bye week. So, like, that motivation is there, okay? Let's get after it. Let's take the pads off in the third quarter. Then we get 10 days off. Then we can come back and start getting to work on Florida. I think this is your typical game, 62 nothing, 55 nothing. Will Vanderbilt score? That's the biggest question. I'll lay the 31 and a half with Georgia. I think it's kind of your typical grind them down game. Maybe let Carson chuck it deep a few times if you get some great route concepts open early um, and keep padding those stats. Yeah, dude, I think you're spot on. Those conversations get had. That is 100% real talk in the locker room. Hey, guys, look, let's just go take care of business. Let's get in and get out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the forecast is supposed to be pretty decent up in Nashville on Saturday. That leads you into your 330 game on CBS. Pretty good one. Texas A&M taking on number 19, Tennessee. Tennessee's a three-point favorite. The total here is 55 points. You know, Tennessee, generally speaking, still has a lot out in front of them. Texas A&M reeling a bit after their loss against Alabama a week ago. Rocky Top should be rocking for this one, Jake. This is a pretty fun matchup. These two teams don't play too often. Yeah, I uh, I really like Tennessee in this one. They uh, they played South Carolina. They beat the brakes off of them, forty-one to twenty. They go into a bye week, a little extra time to prepare, to prepare, get their bodies right. 
Uh, and this is a this is a big football game. Like you said, it's not um, a team you play that often. It's a team in the West, but it's still SEC play. Um, and so there's a lot of bragging rights that kind of go into these matchups. Oh, yeah. Like when Ole Miss comes to Georgia late in the year, like there's a lot of bragging rights uh, that go along with this. So uh, I expect Tennessee to play well. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. And I'm excited to see that at uh, that atmosphere uh, at 3.30 Eastern on CBS. Tennessee has not been favored at home against an SEC West opponent since 2015. That's wild. They surely weren't favored last year when they knocked off Alabama at home. Keep in oh. mind, they do play at Alabama next week. Could this be a look-ahead spot for Tennessee? I don't know. I think Josh Heupel is probably telling them, guys, got to take care of business this weekend. We get a great chance to go to Alabama. You know there's blood in the water there. And then everything's in front of them because if they knock off Georgia late in the season, they win the tiebreaker if they only have one conference loss. I think Tennessee wins this game. I I think the home field advantage is is good. Their defense has been – Pretty good of late. I mean, they held South Carolina and Spencer Rattler to 20 points coming off that bye week, like you said. Uh, They should be super focused. So I will take Tennessee at home here as a short favorite as well. The other game you should be tuned into at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday is the game of the weekend. It's number eight, Oregon, taking on number seven, Washington. This one's on ABC. Washington is a three-point favorite. The total is 67 points. Two Heisman contenders at quarterback, Bo Nix for Oregon, Michael Penix Jr. for Washington. This should be a doozy. I'm fired up for this game. Dude, this is a big-time football game, uh, especially for the Pac-12. All the – like, the Pac-12 wants a team to represent them. Got, got, this is the year. In, they need in, it. In the college football playoff, they have some good teams out there, um, and a lot is going to be predicated on, on this football game right here about who represents them um possibly getting into that spot so man Bo Nix it's a big game for him but uh Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies are absolutely slinging that thing around um I think it's gonna be a really good football football game the the total is very high but these teams actually play some some pretty good defense a lot better defense than their um counterpart in USC so um like I wouldn't be surprised if this is a dogfight but I do definitely see this coming down the wire I'm going to have to go Oregon with this one just because of Dan Lanning and my boy Bo Nix. All right. We, you and I are kind of simpatico right now. Oregon's defense is only allowing 11.8 points per game. Washington only allows 14.8 points per game. So yeah, they can light up the scoreboard, but their defenses are playing really well not getting enough credit. It comes down to this. Are you going to lean with a defensive minded head coach like Dan Lanning or an offensive minded head coach in Washington's Kalen DeBoer? Oregon is the second best scoring offense in the nation. Washington is the third best scoring offense in the nation. Oregon and Georgia are the only two teams in the country that are top 10 in both scoring offense and scoring defense. I think home field advantage will be real here. That stadium right there on the water in Seattle for Washington is a great spot. But give me the points, man. Like, give me three points with Oregon. You saw what they did. They answered the bell against Colorado. I'm not in any way comparing the talent of Washington to Colorado. But you saw how Dan Lading got those boys fired up. You saw the defense really step up against Shador and that Colorado offense. So give me three points with Oregon. I I like that. I think that's a good play. I think what about the total 67? That's a lot of points. I think, yeah, I think it's a lot of points. I'm going with the under on that. And 
from a head coach's perspective, I mean, the pitch to both your teams is, hey, I mean, do you want a shot in the college football playoff? Yeah. You do. Like, you win this game, everything you want is right there in front of you. So, um, I mean, this is a big-time football game out west, uh, especially for that conference. So, I'm I'm just like you, I'm fired up to watch this game. These Pac-12 schedules are crazy, though. I mean, obviously, Oregon taking on number seven, Washington, this week. Next week, home versus number 19, Washington State. Then they're at number 16, Utah. Later on, home versus number 10, USC. Home versus number 15, Oregon State. I mean, these teams have got to giddy up. You just wonder if the Pac-12 is going to eat themselves alive when it comes to getting into the college football playoff. And Washington, on the flip side, taking on number eight, Oregon, this week. Then they're at number 10, USC, on November 4th. Then they're home against number 16, Utah. Then they're at number 15, Oregon State. Then they're home against number 19, Washington State. So, like, it is about to come to a head in the Pac-12. Who is going to rise to the top? I think Oregon's got a great chance with their defense. Yeah, I definitely know the cream will rise to the top. Yes, that is what that is what I do know. Indeed, indeed, as proven by science. Uh, let's stick in the SEC for this 7 p.m. game on ESPN. Auburn at number 22, LSU. I cannot believe this. LSU is an 11-point favorite. The total here is 61. You look at that LSU defense and you think, how on earth could they be an 11-point favorite over anybody? Yeah, I know Auburn's offense specifically hasn't been too explosive, but if you want to get right, go play LSU's defense. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I think 11 points is a lot. I know it; it's at home, but I, I think Auburn's defense plays good ball, uh, decent to good ball. I don't think they're great by any means, but I think they play tough and they play hard. Gave Georgia some fits early in the game. Um, obviously, there's some things to figure out with Auburn's offense, but on the flip side, LSU's offense is really good, but their defense is very suspect. And so Auburn's I, defense is not, you know, Auburn's defense ain't bad. I mean, they got no, some dudes over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. They, they got some dudes. They play tough, um, and they they've had some good runnings in some games this year. So, like like you said, I'm going with Auburn just because I think that uh, that spreads a little little large for old LSU this game. Yeah, give me 11 points here, and crazy things happen in this rivalry. I think this is, you know, we're in SEC Eastland. I think this is an underrated sec rivalry going back to when i was in school man les miles tuberville gus malzahn they used to have some wild games especially when they were at lsu at night so i would expect some craziness in this one i think that one will come down to the wire it should be a classic sec classic crazy things happen in baton rouge at night all right um i got two games here we got to touch on the USC Notre Dame game, 7.30 p.m. NBC, number 10 USC at number 21 Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a three-point favorite. Again, that kind of surprised me as well. The total here is 59 and a half. Notre Dame, I mean, talk about a gauntlet of a schedule. This is their fourth straight primetime game. They've dropped two of them, that wild ending against Ohio State, the kind of yep. blunder against Duke in the fourth quarter where they dropped that one. They lost last week sorry they beat duke they lost last week to louisville in a primetime game um i believe this is their eighth week of playing in a row because they played week zero in ireland i'm just afraid they might run out of gas jake what do you think i hope not for the sake of this game because i think this is another really good game uh especially after the oregon and washington game but 
you know, what are the odds they lose two big time games at home in the same season? So that's something else to kind of go into the mix, uh, you know, on odds and all that good stuff. But um, I, I love this matchup. I, I think Notre Dame plays some some gritty football. USC is going to spread it around, throw it, and, and be pretty flashy on offense. But um, I think Notre Dame's going to have to score some points. I think this game's going to be completely it's going to be completely different than the Notre Dame Ohio State game that we watched. Like that was an old school yeah. football game. It's gritty. It's physical. It, it was an NFL game where it comes down to the wire. Uh, it's it's tight. It's close. A one possession game. Um, I, I mean, I think this one's going to be close and come down to, but I just, I think there's going to be a lot more points scored um, and mistakes made because that ball is going to be uh, moving around a good bit uh, in the air. USC is averaging 51.8 points, 51.8 points per game. That's good for number one in the nation. I just, I don't see how USC's defense can stop anybody. I mean, Arizona had a backup quarterback in last week and they took him to triple overtime, 43 to 41. Again, what, what can a coaching staff do, speaking about Notre Dame, to kind of get the legs back underneath the guys? Four straight primetime games, eighth straight week playing in a row. You better be able to play fast against USC because you know the only hope they have is if Caleb Williams outscores Notre Dame. Like, that's simply it. That's why I went with the Saturday night special on my DB3 piece. Um, But to see Notre Dame as a three-point favorite, to me that says this. The public is going to rush to USC. They're going to say, give me Caleb Williams with three points. How on earth could you make Caleb Williams the best player in college football, arguably the best player in college football as a quarterback, how are you going to give that guy three points? Yeah, of course. Give me that. So for that, I think Notre Dame, like give me three. I'll lay three with Notre Dame. That's what I think. I, I love on the, the opposite side. I love the backwards logic. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you on that, but I don't know. But I, do I see Notre Dame losing two in a row? Do I see Notre Dame losing two big time games at home? I don't. So I'm going to go with Notre Dame on this one. All right, man. You and I, we are just, uh, on the same telepathic wavelengths right now. I'm going to wrap things up, but I got to give it. a shout out to your boy, Sam Pittman. I hope he can put a good performance so. together this weekend, going to number 11, Alabama. That game's at noon at ESPN. Bama's a 20 point favorite. You know, Arkansas always starts fast, but they run through the meat of their schedule, like right around this time. And they start stacking up these losses and dude, it's hard to kick yeah. that negative momentum. I hope Arkansas can take Bama down to the wire. They've done it before. I've got faith in them. It's the uh, SEC West, the SEC in general. It's the gauntlet. You got to make it through back to our the cream rise to the top, and you just got to find a way to to make it, uh, especially this mid, late in the year. Hadn't had a buy yet. Uh, it's going to be tough. I do think it's a lot of points. I, don't, I still think there's a lot of answers um, to be solved or a lot of problems to be solved, excuse me, uh, on the Alabama side of the ball. So I like Arkansas with the points here. There you go. I would have to side with you on that. Arkansas has always played Alabama well in years past. And KJ Jefferson can't sleep on him at all. All right. Well, it's going to be a great week seven of college football. It'll be a great week six in the NFL as well. Washington Commanders heading down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. So Jake Fromm will be back in the great state of Georgia. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at from Jake, puntandpass.com. Be sure to download the Prize Picks app. I just said it is a career stamping weekend for the DB3 piece.
go ahead and download the prize picks app use the promo code punt you get a 100 deposit match up to your first 100 dollars jake anything on the way out my man man i like the db three piece man three for three Good. let's do it let's go let's go it's time it's time it is time all right thanks for tuning in have a great weekend and we will talk to you on monday see you we are in today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.